0: Lock on. Lock on. Lock on. Lock on. Lock 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 on. Lock, lock, lock on. Lock, lock on, lock on Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, do you remember what you were doing in 2015, like November
1: 2015? Uh, I, I – uh, no. I can barely remember okay. what was happening yesterday. <laughs> uh, was it yesterday 2015?
0: Uh, yeah, well, no. it seems like that. It's, uh, so,
1: it's uh, been a long November time. November
0: 2015. It... Yeah, yeah. Uh, number one song in America was Hello by Adele. Number one movie was The Martian. Featuring mm. Matt Damon, it's also wow. the last time that Alden Smith recorded a sack in the NFL, mm. and that seems relevant considering that the Dallas Cowboys have signed Alden Smith to a one-year deal. Uh, that news was broke by Jay Glazer uh, of Fox late on Wednesday night. Um, Lay- Layman, let's talk about this kind of shocking move. It uh, was. What yeah. were your first? Yeah, what were your first thoughts when you heard that the Cowboys signed Alden Smith?
1: First of all, I'd like to just point something out that yes, November 2015 was the last time that he had a sack. I will also point out that the last two games that he played in the NFL so far, he had sacks. So it, yeah, th- his yeah. being removed from the Pittsburgh league game. The re- wasn't yeah. yeah wasn't because of uh, of a uh, lack of talent. I- I'll tell you this. I I found out. Uh, I'll-, I'll explain to you how I found out. I was working, running around the house like most people at this point uh, with the the virus. And I got a DM from you that said Alden Smith in all caps <laughs> and, and and with an exclamation point and uh, and I'm like oh okay all yeah what is a did he what happened did he die or what what, what? <laughs> and then I go on Twitter and. Sure enough, the Cowboys have signed him to uh, you know again at first what was a one-year four million dollar deal that everyone was up in arms about, and yeah, there, then, there
0: was a lot of people freaking out about that contract. Yeah, by the way, uh, it, well because I mean, people and you just knew how it was going to play out
1: because people never learn. Like it's just they never no. figure out that hey guys, don't listen to the first number you hear. It's the third or second fourth number that you hear is the, the <laughs> right, one that's right. important. So yeah, and then later on it came out he gets basically no guaranteed money. There's two million dollars nope. in incentives. I think a two million dollar salary. Um, you know, it's it's no. It's not it's even a two
0: million dollar salary. It's, it's not? nine hundred sixty thousand oh dollar base salary <laughs> with with uh, roster bonus and like reinstatement and workout stuff. Um, he only gets the two million dollar base salary if he's active all sixteen games.
1: Wow. So it's a it's. I mean, it, to say that it's low risk is uh you know an understatement to say the least. But. I will say this: He's an incredible talent, and and much for the reasons Absolutely. that that we discussed about Randy about you know some level of optimism uh, with Randy Gregory not not putting our eggs in the basket with Randy Gregory, but some level of optimism that that dude can come off uh, the couch after a year of not playing football and play football again. Alden mm-hmm. Smith is exactly that same kind of freak of nature, the uh, the guy who is just. You know, I think that there's like planet theory players, right? With these huge guys that can, that are kind of dancing bears. But I think even rarer than those guys are the ones who are 6'4, 6'5 with 35 plus inch arms that are explosive athletes that can get off the ball quickly mm-hmm. and move. I, I mean, these guys are truly rare and they're so rare that. Even with time off, it, 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 you know, I think if you give them an, uh, some some kind of off season or some kind of workout regimen to get them into shape, they'll be able. To, I, I really do honestly believe both of these guys will be able to give get in there and give you something. Now, where along that spectrum of something uh, is up for debate, but I, I think at some point, I want to hear your comments. But we should also uh, you know read some of these notes from his uh, from his agent that he that he spoke on this morning yeah. as well.
0: Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Um I do want to ask you this really quickly does Does bringing in Alden Smith change your thoughts about the Cowboys being open to bringing back Randy Gregory? Cuz it doesn't for me. I, I no. think they would still love to have both of them. Oh groups. yeah,
1: absolutely. No, I I I mean, I think it's all of them, right? Like I I don't, yeah, I don't have I don't yeah. see any reason to to, you know, oh we don't need Randy anymore bring them all I mean look what you' what you're it's it's a gamble right like we don't really know what's absolutely yeah what's going on here so we need to make sure that like they have a solid hold on uh, uh you know their chances of get of hitting on one of these players obviously having two of these guys coming in it just kind of increases your chances that at least one of them will hit and maybe you know there's a situation where they kind of inspire each other. And they work yeah, hard together, sure. and, and 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 even beyond that, there's also a case that you know uh, a guy like uh, uh, Alden Smith can be a good influence on on the field. Hopefully, influence for uh, you know some of the guys that we have that are a little bit further down the line, like uh, uh, Armstrong and some of these some of these other younger mm-hmm. defensive ends. So, yeah, I, I think you know it's a like I said low risk situation. You're bringing in a guy who has has is uber uber talented. Uh, you're going to see what he has left and what he can do on a short amount of time, trying to work himself back into shape, but I I, I really don't see any risk here.
0: I don't either. I, I mean, again, you can cut him at any point in the offseason, and it costs you absolutely nothing. The only thing it costs you is time, but right now, what? They're not even getting together in, you know, for OTAs. Probably not going to have a mini camp. Maybe training camp's delayed. So uh, there's literally no risk here. Um I do want to talk about his agent uh, today. Ron Slavin uh, went on one oh, uh, it's a 105.3 The Fan or no, 103.3. It was 103.3. It was 103.3. 103.3.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, talking about Alden Smith, and uh, he, he said he's at 275 pounds with the body fat at 6%. Um, he said don't – don't, please do not
1: just glaze over that.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. He's no.
1: at 275 pounds at 6% body fat that is insane man like that's that this dude is i I mean he's got to be rocked up at 275 with six percent body fat right like that's crazy oh yeah that's totally my my guess is
0: that's probably a little heavier still than what they want i mean oh yeah my guess is they're gonna want him to play at 265 probably probably yeah but
1: still like that's i mean that that doesn't indicate he's in bad shape shape, yeah he's in really good
0: shape sorry go ahead this, this isn't somebody who no no this isn't somebody who's been just sitting on the couch eating potato chips the whole no, time right clearly not you know, he, no. he, he's in he's at least working out now is he in football shape that's, that's different of course absolutely no but idea. but
1: the fact that he's um, starting out from here is a good sign right right
0: right if you only have to drop five to ten pounds to be ready for the season these guys can do that in two weeks you know so that's that's nothing um I did find it interesting that he said a few other teams were interested Mm -hmm. in Nolan Smith. Uh, I know the Raiders were interested in bringing him back. That was the last team he played for. Uh, Played really, really well, but uh, he thought the connection with Jim Tomsula, uh, who he played under in San Francisco for all those years, uh, was the reason why it made so much sense. Um, As soon as I heard that the Cowboys signed him, that was right where my mind went to. Yep. Uh, you, and you you have to assume that's why he decided to pick Dallas, right? He he obviously has a strong um, relation with Tom Sewell. He also mentioned Mike McCarthy as somebody who knows Alden Smith well. I'm not sure if I know the connection there, uh, but I found that was interesting. What was your take on that?
1: Was McCarthy the offensive coordinator when uh, at San Francisco when uh
0: I think that was Alden a little Smith before that, drafted? right? Because he was in there in 2010 when they won the Super Bowl. So I'm guessing... I'm guessing he was before that
1: when they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe it was right before that. I, I, I don't know. It, either way, uh, yeah, I think I think that's all. You know, fantastic, and, and, and that he that Tom Sula was the deciding factor for him. Uh, I thought the other thing that was interesting. I mean, this is just agent talk, but who knows? But if he stays, he's Slavin said that if he stays healthy and stays right, there's no reason to think he can't be a double digit sack guy again. And, and you
0: know, yeah, that's agent talk, but that's and then, I mean, yeah, still. I, I, I believe it.
1: I believe it to a certain degree. I and there were six to eight teams interested in him. I thought that, you know, the fact that there's mm-hmm. that many teams interested in him uh, means that, you know, something, I think. It's not just like a, a wild yeah. hair brain by, by, you know, Tom Sula or by the by Jerry. So, uh, yeah, I, I think this is a fascinating move. Uh, again, kind of just outside of the box thinking and, and kind of collecting talent from wherever it will come from. Uh, and I think that he's going to fit in to this group uh quite well especially if he can uh get into the swing of things quickly and, and and you know i mean really all you need from him is to be a six to seven sack guy i mean not all you need not like that's a huge ass yeah, but yeah. still like for a guy like this i don't think that that's totally unrealistic you know
0: yeah if he plays let's say he plays 13 games I actually have no doubt that he can get six to seven sacks. I really don't. Like, he's just that gifted as a pass rusher. He's not old. I mean, I think he turns 31 when the season begins. Uh, I mean, he's not going to be the 19-and-a-half sack guy he was before. But I think he can get you six to seven sacks. So, um, you know, just a fascinating, fascinating move by the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's take a quick quick break. And I've got one more question on Alden Smith before we move on. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time. But there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. And Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to Calm.com lockdown, LockedOn, you'll get 40% off a Calm Premium Membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better, Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Landon, does the acquisition of Alden Smith change your draft plans at all? Uh, we, I know we talked about Clavion uh, Chase on yesterday on the podcast. Does this make you not as interested in drafting Chase on, or do you think this has no impact on the draft?
1: I think it's. it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I tend to think that – it probably doesn't have any impact. Um, you know, I think that they're trying to plug depth holes as best as they can, you know, and, and, and try to fil- yep. put bodies in, in spots. You know, obviously, Alden Smith is a guy that y- you can have a lot of upside projection with him because, I mean, he's shown you that this is a guy who could produce at a high level in the NFL. Um, right. But I also think that, you know, again, in the same way that we're not uh discounting Randy Gregory showing up on the team or, or or them wanting Randy Gregory just because they signed Alden Smith I don't know that you can necessarily discount them wanting to draft a player uh as well i i you know maybe this might uh bump where pass rusher is on their uh you know on their priority list or on you know on their urgency maybe. list of yeah. drafting. Uh, but I don't think it necessarily precludes you from drafting Caleb on chase on or, or another first round pass rusher, uh, if, if you, if you needed to. So, uh, I, I would I'll say, be honest.
0: I think this, I would say, I think this actually improves the odds they take chase on. I really do. You do. Yeah. I mean, I, I do guess because...
1: you, you don't, you Go can't ahead. really anticipate a ton from a rookie anyways, you know, as a pass rusher. So. Maybe fortifying the position with some vets, you know, some rental situations, while Chaseon's learning the learning the, the the ropes, you know, maybe that's not the worst uh, uh, way to attack the position in the short term and the long term.
0: Right now, I mentioned Chaseon. Yet, uh, or excuse me, I mentioned Alden Smith as a kind of a comp for Chaseon. Mm-hmm. Uh, not quite the same athlete. I mean uh i actually think probably chason's a better athlete but doesn't have the same size and long arms but i think they win in similar ways right being super good to come off the edge uh they both have a good long arm both can win on stunts i just feel like now that you have alden smith on the roster and again you really can't count on him but i'm not sure you want chase on in a full you know 60 percent role uh as a rookie uh, I think it makes even more sense to draft him now, stash him behind, uh, you know, uh, an Alden Smith and a Randy Gregory for a year, and then see what you have in 2021. I, I just feel like if you didn't have Alden Smith on your roster or a Randy Gregory, you might be more inclined to pick a guy that's ready to produce right now. Uh, like, for example, maybe Yutur Gross Matos from Penn State has a little bit better of a body, you know, maybe more, uh, you know, better against the run. I think maybe he projects maybe better as a as an instant starter rather than chase on. Uh, I just think it allows you to maybe go for more of the upside at pick seventeen. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, you, like I said, you don't necessarily. I mean, Joey Yikes famous for looking a lot of this stuff up, but I mean, he's he was one of the kind of people leading the charge on this. Is that you shouldn't draft these guys, these pass rushers, these edge players, expecting a large amount of production year one. It's just something that doesn't happen. You're just not going to get it. It's very rare. So getting, uh, uh, you know, tampering those expectations and 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 giving him a a healthy dose, a dose that of snaps that will improve him, but not also put it solely on him to be the pass rusher, uh, you know, the pass rusher on the team. I think is a a huge benefit to his long term development. I'll also add this. nascar package with demarcus lawrence mm. alden smith randy gregory and C- caleb on chase on
0: oh that's fun yeah deep dark you got, D- D- you got, you got lawrence
1: and, you got lawrence and uh, alden smith inside and then gregory and chase on, on the outside
0: yeah that's fun i also could see something with you know tyro crawford and lawrence inside yep. and those guys were running a lot of stunts to help out you know alden smith and uh, you know, a chase on or a Gregory. I think that makes a lot of sense as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go ahead and move on from on Smith. I'm sure we're going to talk about him a, a bunch over the next couple oh, of months. Yeah. Um, but yesterday I was listening to the prospects to pros podcast uh, via the athletic, uh, Dane Brugler and uh, Katie Turner. And this is about the time of year when we start to get rumblings. Whispers, of Who whispers, the Cowboys. Whispers, are yeah. The whispers. The wh- the whispers. whispers. <laughs> They started out their podcast yesterday with the same exact thing. Hey, we're starting to hear whispers. This is what we're hearing. Um, and for the most part, it's kind of echoing what we've talked about on this podcast, that uh, both Brugler and KT confirmed that Chaseon and CJ Henderson are the targets for the Cowboys at 17. Now, the order can be debated a little bit, but they made it sound like, again, this is from Dane Bruegler and KT Turner, uh, that Chaseon is higher on their board and Henderson would be the next pick. Um, But the Cowboys aren't necessarily optimistic that either of those guys get to pick 17. Uh, And if that were the case, the guy that might be their fallback plan isn't a Grant Delpit or Xavier McKinney or a Zach Vaughn or even a receiver. Instead, it's cornerback Trevon Diggs from Alabama. Now, Diggs isn't somebody we've mentioned a lot on this podcast uh, we've talked about some of the other corners, Kristen Fulton, Jeff Gladney. Uh, we'll, we'll do more shows on these corners, but uh, Diggs is a player that you and I have both seen quite a bit of. Um, let's first talk about the player and then it, whether or not we would agree with the pick at 17. When you watched Diggs this season, Landon, what did you think about his game?
1: i mean i like him a lot i i I think that he's a you know he's one of these kind of bigger longer uh you know zone type corners you know i think you and i were talking before before the podcast i was putting him kind of on a on a richard sherman scale you were putting him on kind of a josh norman scale a spectrum rather not scale but Mm -hmm. i i think the basically the, the same spectrum right where this is a guy who's got a good amount of of length he's smart he's a former wide receiver he understands how to to bait cornerbacks uh he understands how to play the football um i think you know he uh he can he can play some press he's good at he's good at being physical off the line i think he's good at playing off too think because he has good instincts uh you know where he struggles is and we didn't get numbers on him because of he didn't run in the combine, uh, but and you can kind of see it in in in, in the uh, in the tape is, is is long speed. I think you know, I think if they're gonna, to me, this may be one of our first indications that they are thinking to, about doing. I mean, something that we've we've talked about, but this might be one of the first indications that they are you know kind of moving away a little bit from the amount of cover one and cover three maybe not cover three but maybe cover one that they will be running uh as 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 they had previously you know i think that uh this is a guy who is a great fit in a uh in, in a situation where he can get his hands on you be physical with you at the line of scrimmage uh but i also think that he is good uh uh in short area zones good physicality there uh you know struggles as a tackler at times I I, you know what it's funny I like him better than Christian Fulton but I, I. I also think that he has because I think he has more upside despite him maybe not being the same athlete I also think that he has some of the same problems right where when he gets down the field, degree, yeah. g- getting his head around, you know, finding the ball, that sort of thing. When he finds the ball, I, I like his success in jump balls a lot more than Christian Fulton. Uh, but I do think that there he just is... He a better feel for it. Yeah, I think in some ways he's kind of like... Uh, his struggles are similar to those of Jadobi's, where uh, uh, yes. he's yes. there constantly. He's around the football, he's around the receiver. Uh, he needs to learn to... Track the ball, locate the ball in the air a little bit better, and play the ball uh, when his back is turned and he's having to get there. Now, if he's playing zone and he's he's playing his eyes are playing through the receiver to the quarterback. I love this guy attacking the football. I love him uh, jumping routes and you know knocking the ball down. It's just when, and this is, again, a lot like Owuzi in some ways, where it's just when he has his back to the quarterback and he's looking at the wide receiver and it's time to turn around to play the ball in the air. He's having trouble it, focusing his eyes immediately on the football, finding the football, and then attacking the football as it arrives at the point of attack.
0: Yeah, I think you nailed the player. Um, I, I think this is somebody who is certainly... Great in press, right? That's where you want yeah. him. You want him up, physical, up near the length, receiver. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Even his technique in press is not great, and it can be refined a lot, but he is so strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's times where uh, you go watch the 2018 game against uh, Ole Miss. He's going against DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown. And actually, he plays quite a few sl- uh, sn- slot snaps against Brown in that game. And, you know, those are two pretty physical receivers Uh, There's one time where he takes one arm and shoves Metcalf back, and Metcalf kind of takes a step backwards in a stance. Uh, That's how powerful Diggs is. Um, But you nailed it. This is somebody who wins in the first, what, 10 yards of the line of scrimmage? Yeah. Uh, You want him squatting on zone stuff. He has a pretty good feel of, you know, when to jump off his route to go somewhere else. My problem with this is do you feel comfortable taking a zone-only corner? inside the top 20 traditionally teams have waited and found these type of corners you know late day two you know day three even the guys we mentioned right Richard Sherman and Josh Norman those both of those are day three picks is this a little bit too rich for digs
1: I my I guess the my thought process here is you know who else is available when they're picking him because you know, I don't
0: know. That I'm just saying it, more in general, right? Right. I know. I, I, yeah. Is too I, much to addresses up. I understand. Corner that yeah. High?
1: In general, maybe. But 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 let's look at specifically the, this draft, right? If they get to 17 and they're wiped out, right? And they can't trade out, right? At, at that point, if if we're talking about the rest of the options that we kind of all know will, will be there, uh, if Chason and Henderson are both gone by 17. I, I don't know that I can think of a name that I love so much more than, uh, uh, than Diggs that it's... I mean, you know, I have my personal favorite pet cats, but I, I mean, even sure. then I would not begrudge them for any players that I can think of off the top of my head of picking uh, Diggs over... I mean, any any you know, any of the safeties or any of those guys, because I, yeah. I, I because yeah, that's, the thing is, is that even if to me Diggs is probably a late first round player. So if you take him at seventeen, okay. If you like the guy, that I don't have a problem with that, because I, 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 I really think that, that you know at that point if you're if you're wiped out at seventeen, then that means you've entered the plateau, and the plateau exists from you know whenever Henderson and, and Chason get off the board until probably the end of the, the middle of the third round and there's just basically a mass of players that are all probably of the same value, the same talent a, a large and I would love to get more picks in that plateau but mm. my point is is that unfortunately you've arrived on the front end of the plateau so your pick is gonna look a lot like the, all the picks behind you but maybe not as good as the pick right in front of you. so at, at right. that point if it's kind of all you know a mass, take the guy you like the most. You know, I, I, right. I think so, it's a lot of t- touching tags, I feel like.
0: So yesterday when we did our uh, chase on podcast, we obviously drafted him in the first round, and then we got to the second round and we were looking for corners. Uh, and as we found out in that simulation, the cornerback market after the first round gets yeah. really dicey. And I, I'll quickly run through some of these names and some of the concerns, right? Uh, I like Jeff Gladney a lot, but that's an overaged. uh smaller corner with some injury concerns. I can certainly see him falling in the draft. That's probably not somebody you want to take in the first round. We both have problems with Kristen Fulton, Um, you know, just part of his game. Like, we don't feel like he's a first-round corner. In the second round, you know, that probably feels right. Damon Arnett is a slow corner with off-the-field stuff who is overage. Cameron Dansler is a uh, 4-6-4 corner. Uh, you just start going through some of these names. A.J. Terrell is probably – um, you know, somebody who doesn't fit this scheme specifically well. I know you're not a huge fan. I love Jalen Johnson from Utah. That is somebody who's had three shoulder surgeries already in his career. Taking guys at that point in the draft early that have those big of you know, injury concerns is always a little scary. So if you feel like Digs of that next group after the top two corners is the safest with the least amount of question marks, I at least feel better about that than some of the other selections. And as you mentioned, once you get past this first—I don't know—I think there's like 14 first-round players. Once you get past that group, there's really not a difference between picks, let's say 17 and 40, right? They're all the same caliber of player. Might as well just take the one that fits the, your need, right?
1: Yeah, I think that there's like a, you know, and this is something that I feel like happens every year is that we we kind of generally talk about these players in a in a vacuum about their draft stock right you know like uh uh this guy is a, is a first rounder this guy is a late well that's so, partly
0: because of you know we get it from you know draft twitter and sure trying to evaluate sure. for all 32 but, teams but right.
1: but what ends up happening too is that a lot of us take that next step of okay taking the player's value from inside the individual draft right because the next step is is exactly what you started talking about and what we started laying out is discussing. Okay, we now know the hard, the soft spots and the hard spots of the draft. Let's talk about draft sequencing. Let's talk about how the mm-hmm. order in which we're going to draft these players and in order to get the best value with, with each one of our picks. And I think that people get so hung up on. Their initial thought process of oh this guy needs to go here or this guy needs to go there that they don't take the draft for what it is and, and realize okay hey uh, I uh, we're at seventeen Chase on and Henderson are no longer here everybody is trying to trade back so we no one is actually trying to trade up we can't get any partners to trade up which is you know, I think an incredibly likely scenario uh, and we are stuck at seventeen and, and we have to make a pick. Uh, there's and and all we have are this mass of people that all have like we said like touching tags what you Mm -hmm. what you said is exactly right if all things are equal you like these guys all similarly you feel comfortable about the player pick the guy that has the best draft sequence and then at the very least you think that the the other players that you're getting uh, a little bit later the value will line up a lot better it goes back to the taco thing right that draft, they did it. They played it exactly right, except for except for taking the wrong player. Exactly. They, they if they right. had taken, I mean, imagine what we would be saying about that draft if they had taken T.J. Watt there. They yeah. they played yeah. it perfectly. They knew that they needed a pass rusher, a cornerback, and, to, and several cornerbacks. They understood the depth of the cornerback position. They took the defensive end early, and then lo and behold, they had two great corners fall to them, and then a great safety fall to them later. That's that's the yeah. kind of thought process, like. That was good process, but bad selection up front. If they can apply that same good process here and 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 hit on Trayvon Diggs in a way that they never hit with Taco, then I think that that could set them up for what we talked about. You know, what we're seeing with the sequencing is that the second, the third, the fourth round are going to line up the value with your needs in a lot smoother way that you're not scrambling to try to see well, is this really a reach because we're trying to get a a position of need? No, that's going to line up in a way that it didn't before when you you had to take a a, a pass rusher at 17.
0: What's funny is the Cowboys could take Chase on at pick 17, and it might be the right player but the wrong sequencing. Yeah, the opposite of what what happened last time, right? Yeah, Right, it's exactly what happened yesterday on the podcast. When we took Chase on, and it's like all of a sudden you get to the second round and there's no cornerbacks available uh, that can help you out. Really quickly, before we go, I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. Uh, Let's say the Cowboys do get wiped out a little bit from Henderson and uh, Chason. You tell me which of these guys you would rather have for Dallas, knowing what we know about free agency and what this team looks like right now. Diggs or Kinlaw? (sighs) See, I have the same thoughts. I'm glad that you're taking so long with this one because – my first thought was, oh yeah, Kinlaw, but it's uh, are you Kinlaw's sure? got
1: injury issues. You know the the whole defense mm-hmm. drafting a defensive tackle, you know, in the first round, and I mean that the the pass pass rusher stuff, you know, it, it 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 falls to to defensive tackles as well. It's not just a defensive end phenomenon. I've yeah. you know I've got I'm already a little bit wary about Diggs because he has that broken foot, and we're not from 2018, and we're not able to kind of get medicals. I have, I mean, the fact that they haven't really been able to get any medicals off of, uh, or maybe, maybe maybe it's just I don't know what the medicals are, but uh, Kinlaw's injury history combined with the, this whole not being able to come in and for a visit thing, that scares me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wonder Absolutely. how much it's going to scare other teams and, and make him drop a little bit. I also just don't view defensive tackle as a need the way it was
0: before. Right, like no, I, I, I don't feel not the same way. So, no. especially I, I, if Crawford. Comes yeah,
1: away. so I'm definitely not trying to reach uh, for an injured guy for a guy whose injury I'm not completely aware about and whose tape is, is first round grade. You know, a lot of time, but there's still a lot of projection in, in in where you're picking him. I think I probably would go with the the safer pick at the position that I you know I need a guy at.
0: Okay, last one. Just one word. Uh, Digs or Delpit? I,
1: I, honestly, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a toss-up. I think, I, I, I honestly yeah, I believe like that all tough. those guys yeah. are on the same plane, right? They're all, I mean, sh- shoot, Delpit and Digs have basically the same <laughs> problems. They just play a different position, right? Like, they, yeah, neither one yeah, of them are yeah. are exceptionally tackles, tacklers, or physical. I, I, I think you know they they like to play in coverage, but I don't know how much they love to be involved in run support. Um, both come from big schools. Both have had injury issues. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think a lot of these guys are tucking, touching tags. I, I tend to think that you're probably going to get – I don't know. Honestly, I, I, I think for that – at that point, they're so close to me that it would come down to information, You know, uh, more information that the teams have that we don't. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I need an extra I factor to yeah. add in here that, that I, I don't have any extra factors.
0: That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, make sure you follow Layden at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. Tomorrow we will be doing a fun uh show on some second round pass rushers uh that maybe we don't need to talk about as much now that the cowboys <laughs> got the Smith. I did think about uh, that. But we'll still do it anyways. <laughs> yeah,
1: we definitely should still yeah, do and, it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because you never know who might be there. Yeah. Um you can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier.